Good morning. Welcome to LifePoint today. If you're here for the first time, thank you so much for checking out our church and seeing what we're all about. Stick around for a few weeks and get to know us a little bit. Well, we're almost to the end. Next week's the end of this series called Summer at the Lake, where we've been looking at different episodes from the life of Christ that surround this lake called the Sea of Galilee. And today we're in the the next to the last part, and we're looking at a very important section of teaching from Jesus. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. The ushers will give you a Bible. It's yours to keep, or you can borrow it and leave it in the back on the way out. All the scriptures that I read are also displayed up on the screen as well. Well, this week I had several choices in front of me. I was at this uh, place, and a salesperson was really rude to me. And so first thing I have to figure out, do they go to my church? That's the first thing, because that's going to determine how I respond, you know, to what you're doing to me. And I'm kidding. I, I respond the same either way. But so I had a choice. Am I going to respond the way you are communicating to me, or am I going to respond in a whole different way? And I did. You have a decision to make. You're like that too. I mean, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, do you give them a smile or do you give them the finger? Which do you do? You got to figure that out. When you're frustrated with your kids, do you yell or do you calmly give them the discipline they need and probably deserve? When you're upset with your spouse, do you spew out words of anger or do you step back and wait, collect yourself, and then have a discussion about what may be frustrating you? One of the things about Jesus' teaching is that he's always giving his followers and his listeners a choice. Do you want to believe this or do you want to believe that? Do you want to go down this road? Do you want to go down that road? He always presented that, presented his teaching in a way that left us with a choice. And the biggest choice that Jesus asks his listeners to make is simply this. Do you want the life that I'm offering? The answer to this question is really important. I mean, quickly you might say yes, but if you think about it, the the answer to that question determines a lot. It determines where you end up. It determines how you act in relationships. It determines how you handle your finances. It determines how you handle conflict. It determines how you deal with pain and disappointment and betrayal and difficulties in life. So how we answer that question, do we want the life that Jesus is offering, is important. In this room, this is a really diverse room. I see some gray heads, I see some bald heads, I see some young heads, some, some middle-aged heads, a big, different, big difference, r- racial differences, economic differences. But if you strip all that away, everybody in here would like a better life. I don't think anyone, if we sent the microphone around the room, would say, I just wish life was worse. I, I just wish things were not as good as they are. I just, you know, we need to take it down a few notches. I'm enjoying life way too much. I need to enjoy it less. We all want life to be better than what it is. I do. I want to have deeper, stronger relationships. I want to have more people around me that help me in my relationship with God. All of us want life to be better. I want to be able to stand up better under pressure. I want to be able to know that I can get through the tough times. And you probably want the same thing. 
So getting a lot of people to want a better life isn't the problem. We all want a better life. It's getting people to agree on what it takes to get that better life. See, in our life, there's a lot of things we can control. You can control a lot, but there's a lot that you can't control. In fact, most of the time, you can't control what's going on around you, but what you can control 100% of the time is your response to what life sends your way. So I'm just going to assume that everybody here would like a better life. Some people have it. I watch how they respond and interact, and some people don't. And Jesus makes it available to all. And we're going to look at a section of teaching called the Sermon on the Mount at the very end of it, after Jesus has just gone through the longest consecutively recorded words that he said. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. This is the section of scripture where Jesus talks about the heart, where he says things like, you've heard that it was said, don't commit murder. But I want to take that a bit deeper. I don't want you to hate your brothers and sisters. You've heard that it was said, don't commit adultery, but I don't even want you to look upon someone lustfully. Jesus gives advice in this section of scripture about our finances, about how to pray. This is where grandma got the saying, treat other people the way you want to be treated. It's from this section of scripture where Jesus says that. And Jesus gives us a lot of moral boundaries in this section. So he's got these people on the hillside by the lake, and he's teaching them things they need to hear. He's teaching them how to really get to the heart of the matter, and they're all listening, and Jesus has their full attention. And then he says this to them as he winds up this sermon. Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, it is he's foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against it, that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. What they were so amazed about was that Jesus was offering them something they could understand. Because up until then, the religious leaders had a goal of keeping people ignorant. They didn't want anybody on the inside. And all of a sudden, Jesus is saying, hey, let me tell you what all this stuff really means. I want your heart. I just don't want your actions. I just don't want you to to be a good person. I want your heart. And this is what a person who gives me their heart looks and lives like. In fact, a person that does that, their life will be better. A person that doesn't do that, their life will not. And so Jesus simplifies things to all these people who've been listening for a while. No doubt when Jesus was talking, people were saying, amen, Jesus, that is right. He probably looked out like I look out on Sunday mornings. I see people's heads nodding and nudging somebody. There were probably wives going, hear that? And husbands going, did you hear that? And so they get to the end. Jesus gets to the end of this and he makes it really simple 
for simple people. I mean, we do need it simple sometimes, right? And we just need like right between the eyes. It's like, ladies, guys need it simple, like really simple. I mean, we think like want food, you know, want woman, you know, want money, want toys, you know, want attention. I mean, that's how guys think. So, so Jesus is simplifying it. The way, you know, ladies, when you ask your man, uh, do I look big in this? The male mind is not equipped to answer that question. And, and we will lie. We will lie. Yeah, honey, you look great. Oh my gosh, I can't, you know. So don't ask the question. It's just too hard to answer. So Jesus is just simplifying it because he knows all of us, not just the guys, all of us, sometimes we need it really simple. And so he's being really simple and he's saying, look, you need to have a better life. And the way you can get it is to listen to what I have to say and go and apply it in your life. How much more simple does it get than that? Listen to me and apply my teaching. And when you do that, you're going to have this solid foundation that you won't have otherwise. You're going to be able to weather storms that you maybe never thought you could because you are listening to the teachings of Christ and obeying them. So that's what the people there that day would have understood. Because Jesus would have been around rocks saying, hey, if you, do, if you listen and apply what I have to say, you're like, your house is on a rock. But if you, if you just listen and walk away and just say, oh, that was very good, and you don't do anything about it, then you're like a person who chose to dig a foundation by the beach and, and build, and then the waves start coming and the house falls. So Jesus knew some of you are going to put into practice his teaching and he knows that some will hear the same thing, the same words, the same challenge, and not apply any of it. And so what Jesus is trying to do is create this contrast between what people do who listen and obey and people do who just listen. And it's a very different outcome for each person. But there's something very common that Jesus talks. If you're taking notes, these are things you might want to write down. Jesus, Jesus makes it clear. Everybody builds. Everyone builds. We're all builders. Look at your life right now, and you can be assured of one thing. You built that. You did it. Your friends, your decisions the way you handle things that weren't even your fault that somebody might have done to you, your responses, you built it. Nobody builds your life for you. You do it. That's one observation from what Jesus says. Another one is everybody faces storms. No matter how or where you choose to build your life, you will face storms. Jesus makes that really clear. Rains come for everyone. And when I turn on the TV late at night and I hear a guy standing on a stage with a room full of people present Jesus in such a way that if you listen to Jesus, nothing bad's going to happen. You'll never have health problems. You'll have all the money that you need. Your relationships will be healthy. In my mind, I, I want to punch them. It's not true. That's totally separate, totally opposite of what Jesus said. Storms will come. Bad things will happen. Nobody's exempt from that. 
There's no difference. We all build and we all face storms, no matter who we are, no matter what we believe. And Jesus is saying the difference comes in, what do you do with what I'm going to say? And if you apply it to your life, you are going to be able to weather storms that people who don't apply my teaching to their life, they will not be able to weather them. Their life will look very different. Teenagers, young folks, especially listen to this. Don't set up your life so everything is fine as long as nothing bad happens. Who's guilty of doing that? I did that. It's like I set it up going, well, that happened to them, but (laughs) that's not gonna happen to me. I'm gonna make it forever. I'm never gonna deal with any of that stuff. Something eventually will hit that will shake the very foundation of who you are. Now, those of you that are a little older, like me, but right, isn't that gonna happen? Eventually, something's going to happen. A disappointment, a relationship ends. You lose a job. Somebody betrays you. You've got money problems, health problems. Something eventually will happen. So don't set up your life in a way that just looks like everybody else's thinking, well, nothing bad's ever gonna happen to me. Understand that we're all gonna have to deal with that sooner or later. Back in 1992, Hurricane Andrew hit just south of Miami. And in that storm, over 100,000 homes were destroyed. And there was this one neighborhood, and you can Google this and read about it, this one neighborhood that all the homes were destroyed except for 27. And it didn't make sense because there would be like 10 houses around this one, all destroyed, but this one was still standing. And then a couple blocks over, the same thing and the same thing. So 27 of these houses were still standing. And so reporters got really interested in why are they still standing? And then they did a little research and found out all the houses standing were built by Habitat for Humanity. And so they looked for the, anybody involved with Habitat for Humanity. They reached the founder and a CNN reporter asked him, why do you think your houses stood and nobody else's did. And he kind of gave a two-part answer. First was very philosophical, very spiritual. Answer was, well, they're built on the solid rock. They're put together with love. They're put together with prayer. But the, you know, reporter's not gonna deal with that. So he's like, no, 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 no. Physically, why are these houses up when all these other ones fell apart? And he said, well, The only thing I can tell you is professional carpenters, when they build a house, they put one nail every 17 inches when they're putting up the studs and the roof and all that. But we have so many volunteers that show up to build these houses for people. We give them a hammer and a nail and we have about a a nail every inch in the house. And that's what they found out. They're just put together better. They're just stronger. But if you would have walked down the road one day before the storm, everything would have looked the same. What was different was underneath. So you may look like everybody else in your neighborhood. You may live in the same kind of house and drive the same kind of car and your kids go to the same school. But if you're a follower of Christ, there should be something different. And that difference is when storms come, you handle them differently. Because if your faith and trust and applying what Christ asked us to apply to our lives is really working, then when bad things happen, it still hurts It still takes a while to get over it. You still deal with regret and anger and disappointment, but it doesn't shake the foundation of who you are. Because when the foundation is on Christ and we've built there, then we know we can handle anything that comes our way. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, am I building a life 
in a way to weather the storms that will come. Now I look at my life, am I building it in a way that, that when storms come, I can, I can deal with it? Because it's our choice. And Jesus is saying, look, you have a choice which way you're going to build. So Jesus lays out a principle that we need to get. And before I lay this out, I want you to understand and don't miss this. Jesus is not talking about, hey, if you obey me just the right way and do things just the right way, then I'm going to let you into heaven. I'm, I'm going to count you saved and one of my followers. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about what people do who follow him. So he's not talking about if you don't do this right, you're going to hell. He's, not, he's saying if you don't do this right, your life's not going to be as good. Can people who build on the, stand still, on the sand still be saved and go to heaven? Absolutely. But it's not going to be as much fun along the way. Life's going to be a lot harder for those people. But people who build on the solid rock of Christ and his teaching and applying that daily to their lives, life will be different. So this is the principle Jesus lays out. Truth which means listening to my teaching, plus action, following it, equals a solid life. Your life won't collapse when bad things happen and bad things come your way. I mean, you have probably witnessed it, two people going through the very same thing, handling it completely different. I've, I have counseled with people who are maybe going through financial troubles or divorce, and the ones who are, who are deeply rooted in following Christ and their house is on the rock, it hurts, it's difficult. It takes a long time to get back to normal, but it doesn't shake who they are. It's just something that happened to them. But the people who don't build their life on solid rock, on Christ and his teachings, when those things come into their life, they tend to go off the deep end. They tend to do, do things and say things you would, couldn't even imagine that they normally wouldn't do because their life is so shaky. And Jesus is saying, don't just listen to what I say. Do something about it. Guys, what if all you ever did, you married guys, what if all you ever did was just tell your wife you love her? That's all you did. I love you, honey. Every morning. Love you, honey. That's a nice thing to do. That lasts about a month. You better start doing something. You better start taking out the trash. You better start bringing some flowers. You better set up some date nights. You better carve out some time. You better watch your words before you speak when you're not happy with what she's doing. You better be careful because sooner or later, she's going to say, I'm tired of your words. Anybody can say those words, I love you, but show me. Let me see it in the way you act and respond to me and things you do for me. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't just listen to my words. Do something about it. So here's a couple of things that's true in our life. We, we have to distinguish what Jesus is talking about because he's, he's talking about truth and action. Those two things go together. If, if all you're thinking about is just truth, believing all the right stuff, is what I mean by that, that's important. Real belief, though, is action. It might feel good to learn some truths and apply them in a way that, that helps you win an argument or feel good that you learned something, but you need more. When our, first, when our church was younger, occasionally, not very often, somebody would say something like, I just really need some deep teaching. And it takes me a minute to collect myself mentally when somebody says that. Because I think 99% of the time I know what they mean. They mean, I want more information. 
give me some information from books that make me feel good about what I believe so I can argue that with friends and, and I can make notes and I can read back over that and I can just put this truth in my head and I'll just feel better about it. And every time somebody says that, somewhere in the conversation I say, look, it doesn't get much deeper than teaching somebody how to apply God's word into their life on a daily basis. That's depth. Learning stuff is not depth. Applying what you learn is depth. And so when, when Rob and I are thinking about well, what are we going to teach and how are we going to teach our church, we think about how can we teach people to apply this section of scripture? That's where depth comes from. That's where it really starts to work in somebody's life. Otherwise, how is it that somebody can say, I need something deeper, and the same, the same message somebody can say, that was the most amazing thing I ever heard, because I can go apply that to my life. So knowing the truth is good. Knowing and applying the truth is what Jesus wants us to do. Now, some people, they just stick with the action part. Well, let's just do good things. Let's just do good stuff. God will love us if we do good stuff. Well, God loves you either way. Jesus will save me if I do good stuff. Well, if you've confessed Christ and obeyed him, he's going to save you anyway. But, but what if all you focus on is action? Let's feed the poor. Let's, let's help those who are less fortunate. I love doing that, and I want to do that. We have over 300 kids at a church in Ecuador sponsored at a church that you built with your money sponsored by LifePoint people who are getting fed and educated. But I have to confess, I have ulterior motives. I want those kids to know about Jesus. That's why we're feeding them. That's why we're helping them get education is so they can know who the solid rock is and follow and obey him. So just taking in information, it isn't enough. We have to act on it. And Jesus is saying, look, Listen, but do something about it. No doubt Jesus' younger brother, James, would have been at this sermon. So later in the first century, when James, who became a church leader, is writing to the first century church, listen what he said and how similar it is to what he would have heard his big brother say on the mountain that day. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So Jesus, that day, was giving people a choice. He's saying, you have now heard, now you have a choice. Is it the sand or is it the rock? Where are you going to live your life? Where are you going to build your life. So since I know that something's going to happen in my life that's going to shake the foundations of who I am, since I know that's going to happen, here's a question I need to ask myself. Here's a, a, a statement you need to write down. Where I stand determines how I respond. Where I stand determines how I respond to life's storm. So what does it look like to stand on shaky ground. People who stand on shaky ground tend to live life however they want to live it. People who stand on shaky ground tend to want their life to look like everybody else's and they're just thinking about the surface and they're just thinking about externals. People that live their life 
on the sand listen and listen and listen to teaching, but they never do anything about it. I mean, how many more messages do I have to hear on slowing life down and setting my priorities? Because I'm not going to do it. That's what somebody's life on the sand is like. You hear it, you like it, and then you forget it. People like this, who live in the sand, on the sand, they, they tend to respond to anger with anger. They tend to respond to storms of life with anger towards God and disappointment that, hey, God, you didn't come through for me. But people who, who build their life on the teachings of Christ, oh, they're different. They're different. The same things are going to happen to both people, but the people who say, Jesus, I'm not only going to listen to what you say, I'm going to apply it to my life. When storms come their way, they know where their foundation is. And they're not going to go off the deep end. They might hurt. They might be confused. Bad things are still going to happen. But they know their foundation is on the rock of Christ. You know, it, it's, this is how God works. You know, a lot of times I'll be working on a message and I'm like, I don't know if I need to speak this to myself first or... Everybody else needs to hear this. So this week, as I was looking back over all this, and I was just, this week was an emotional time for me. Still is. Uh, my dad's been gone about a year and a half, and, and we got really close near the end. And, and this week, several things happened that just made me think of my dad. Like waking up at night, just thinking about him. And that's difficult. So I have a choice. Am I just going to sit and grieve and be angry with God about what happened, about his death? Is that, is that what I'm going to do? Or I'm just going to remember what an awesome person he was, how much he loved me and loved the family and loved his grandkids and took care of them in amazing ways and his generosity that helped so many. Am I going to, what am I going to remember? But be, so because I'm, my life's based on the solid rock, that pain it's a lot easier to deal with. A whole lot easier to deal with. And then on top of that, our first one's going away to college on Saturday. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it's already here. I had this app that counted it down. Yesterday was the last one. It was zero. No more Saturdays until she's moving on. And while I'm happy for her and all that, I could, I could really get angry and think, man, life's going to be I'm not going to like it now because the kids are starting to, they're going to go their different ways. And, and, and I could react one way to that if my life wasn't built on the solid rock of Christ. And if I go to my next checkup and the doctor says, this is not good, it's going to hurt and be scary and I'm going to hate it, but I'm gonna, it's not going to shake the foundation of who I am just because something bad happens to me. And on a much more intense note, if you think about what people who follow Christ are dealing with in Iraq right now. Dying because they say they're a follower of Jesus. Immediately, dead. You believe in Jesus, boom, you're gone. In a very painful way. How could they deal with that other than their life is built on the solid rock? We have to choose what we're going to do with Jesus' teaching. Are we just going to listen or are we going to allow ourselves to apply it and thus build our lives around the grace and the trust and the forgiveness of Christ? See, being 
with Christ doesn't exempt you from problem. There's still pain. There's still loss. But if your health collapses, your life doesn't have to. If your finances fall apart, you don't have to. If your marriage doesn't make it, you still can with your life built on the rock of Christ. As, I, as, I, as our first is getting ready to head off to college, I, a few months ago, I gave her some advice that somebody gave me. I want to give it to all of you that are getting ready to leave home and go to school. It's the time all that's starting. Decide what you believe now. Because you're going to be around very talented, articulate people who will believe something completely different from you that may be totally wrong and contrary to everything you've ever learned. But before you ever learn something new, decide, God, I'm going to believe in you no matter what I learn. Jesus, I'm going to trust in you no matter what anybody else says about you. I'm going to trust and I'm going to believe and I'm going to stay on the solid rock. Here's why this is important for all of us to get. There will be times you don't feel like believing it. There'll be times that you are going to feel like God has abandoned you, God is not communicating with you, that God doesn't give, care anything about what you're going through. You're going to feel that. You're going to think you can't get through it. And when you're there, you have a choice. Am I going to live on the rock or am I going to live on the sand? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds his house on the sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And Jesus is saying, Listen to my words and apply them and you will have a better life. Truth plus action equals a solid life. Let's all stand together and we're going to sing a song about that being what life is like being built on the solid rock of Christ.